Like I've been telling you, or like I said earlier, we've been in like a little mini-series called Rodeo Clowns. And if you have no idea what that's about, I'm going to let you know. If you have ever been to a professional bull riding event, I don't know if you've ever been to that. I don't know if you've ever been to Rodeo. I'm from Oklahoma. That's what we do. Okay? It's okay. And, and you know, and, and one of the things that I came out of Oklahoma with was a, just I love to go watch bull riding. I don't know what it is. It's just so good. But the thing that you know if you go to bull riding events is that there are these things called rodeo clowns. You ever seen these rodeo clowns? Well, their job is to do one thing, to make sure that the bull does not hurt the bull rider, right? You, you know this. You, maybe you've seen it on TV. And so they're there to get in between the bull rider and the bull, to distract the bull from actually hurting the bull rider. And what I wanted to do with that is just turn it upside down a little bit and look at it because because I think there's a spiritual principle for us here that really is helpful to us. Whether you know it or not, you may not know this, but 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 the Bible teaches that there is a spiritual reality all around us that we don't necessarily see with our eyeballs. You get me? In other words, there's something going on that we don't always see in the physical. And so the Bible calls that a spiritual reality. And matter of fact, you may not know this, but you have an enemy, a spiritual enemy that I want to talk about. Matter of fact, I want to label that individual who you may know as the devil or Satan. But I want to label him today as the rodeo clown. Because, see, I believe that he has one job, and that's to get you distracted from your job. His job is to get you distracted from the things that God has for you. Matter of fact, I'd go a little step further. It's not just about your job or the function or what you do. He also wants to make sure that you get distracted around who you are. Because see, if he can convince you that you're something other than what you are, then he can begin to consume and take the things that God wants to give you. Because see, the Bible says that he's a thief and a liar and he's always looking to try and take the things that God has for you. And so over the last few weeks, we've been dabbling in this and been looking at this rodeo clown. And, and it really comes out of this idea in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. Paul is writing and, and he's talking about not being able to get somewhere. And he says it this way. He said, we wanted very much to come to you. And I, Paul, tried again and again. But watch this. It says, but Satan prevented us. If you look at that word in the original language, it literally has this sense of cutting a ditch in front of you. Get that. You're traveling in one direction. You're moving towards that thing, that, 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 that place that you're supposed to be headed towards. And then all of a sudden, a ditch gets cut right in front of you. And at that point, you have a choice to make, don't you? It's like, do I just, what do I do? Do I jump over that? Well, it's too far. You can't jump. And so what you decide is, you know what? I guess I'll just sit here or I'll just do this and I'll go this way. Or maybe I'll go this way. And so what happens is we get distracted, detoured and derailed from what God ultimately wants for us simply because the rodeo clown cut a ditch. He distracted us. He derailed us. And so what I want to talk about today is how he does that in a variety of ways. The first week, I talked about how he does it in our identity. So you can go back and look at that. Last week, we talked about how there is this tool that you need in your tool belt. And that tool is learning to declare the word of God over your life. 
Because see, when you begin to declare the word of God over your life, you start to see what's true and what's a lie. And if you can live in a place where you know what's true on a regular basis, it's a lot easier never to get distracted by the rodeo clown. And then finally today, this is the third week of this, and this is what I'm going to talk about for the remainder of our time, and that is that, that what the enemy wants more than anything is to get you distracted and detoured from your purpose. You have a purpose on this earth. And you may not know that. You may not even know what it is. But God puts you on this planet with a very specific purpose that he wants you to fulfill. You may not know it, but we're going to learn about that today. Because I believe 100% is that if the rodeo clown can get you off the path that you are supposed to be on and get you walking in the wrong directions, all of a sudden he's stolen your future. And I don't want him to do that. I want you to, to fully embrace the future that God has for you. And so I want to talk a little bit about distracted, derailed, and, 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 and detoured. Because, see, this is what happens. When we get distracted, what happens is we're unable to focus. We're unable to focus on those things that are most important. Isn't that true? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I actually wanted to title this message, well, maybe not the message, but part of the message. I wanted to title it Squirrels. <laughs> You're like, what is he talking about? I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Up. I love this. There's this dog that learns how to talk because he has like a little talk thing on and he starts to talk, you know, and because he has a, it's like a little translator. There it is. So he goes from dog to human and he can be like, hello, everybody. I'm, what's his name? Doug, Doug. Love that. I love the kids. Come on in Jesus name, right? But dog, Doug, dog, Doug. He, he, he'll, he'll be there talking and, and he'll just be, you know, just saying and talking and all of a sudden he'll just go, squirrel! And then he'll just start talking again and then squirrel! And, and what I found is, is that when we get distracted, yeah, we stop looking at the thing we were doing, we stop focusing on the thing we're doing and, and, and it seems to me that in our culture, we are bombarded with all kinds of things that are trying to distract us. We fill our time, our space, our energy, our lives with so many things. And it's like, squirrel, squirrel. And Jesus is like, hey, bro, you listening? And I'm like, yes, I'm listening, Lord, squirrel. And, and you, you're with me. It happens. And, and there's so much of that around us, whether it's, whether it's, you know, media or like how many hours do we spend sometimes being distracted by these things? And I'm not bagging it out. I mean, some of these things are good. But I mean, seriously, when you binge watch Netflix for 10 hours. Ooh, look, I love you, but you're not getting that back. You're just not. And I'm not saying there's anything bad about that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying we have to make sure that the time we have, we are using it purposefully. One of the, my least favorite phrases in, in the entire American English language is this. I'm just wasting a little time. I hate that. You know why? Because I'm never getting it back. You're never getting it back. If you waste it, it's not coming back and God so much wants us to see sure we're going to have downtime and we're going to relax and all of that stuff I'm just saying be aware 
That when you consume things and when you're over here giving your time to that, this, and that, what I find is that sometimes what happens is we start to look at that and do an inventory, the things that we're doing, the that's, we start to see that, huh, those don't have anything to do with my purpose. You can't fulfill your purpose if you don't give it something. And so what happens is, is we lose our focus, you know? We lose that laser beam focus and the light in our life dissipates and the strength of our life dissipates. And God wants to help us. He wants us to see that the enemy wants nothing more than to distract you from God's purpose and God's plan for your life. See, when we get detoured, we waste precious time on routes and roads that God never intended for us to go on. You know, because see, here's the thing. It's the principle of the path. If you stay moving in the right direction, if you're going in the same direction, the principle of the path says that eventually I'm going to end up in the destination I'm supposed to end up, correct? And so if you stay on the path, you're good. But if you begin to take detours, if you begin to go over here and go over here, what happens is you end up not fulfilling the thing that God has for you. Those detours are you getting off the path. If you would just stay on the path and by God's grace, as best you know how, stay on his path. Here's the good news. Even if you screw up, stay on the path. Because his grace is sufficient. Even if you mess it up royally, his grace is sufficient. Just don't go left or don't go right. Just stay on the path. You with me? That's what we have to do. We have to stay focused and never let, never let the rodeo clown to steal what God has given us. See, see, here's the thing you need to know about the rodeo clown is he has power, but he has no authority. He has power, but no authority. The only authority he has is the stuff you give him. Because you have the authority over those things. You've got to understand this. And I know that as we get into this, sometimes people get a little weird. You know, they're like, oh, geez, he's talking about devils and demons. And they're like under every bush. And, you know, no, 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 no. Look, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just simply trying to share with you what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches that there is a spiritual reality that we have to see. We're not always fighting against flesh and blood. We are actually fighting against some other things. And so you've got to understand the enemy wants nothing more than to do that. Listen to this. When we get derailed, we're unable to finish the journey that God has called us to. And some of us, man, what's going to happen because of the amount of focus we have in our life right now, because we are so distracted and detoured and derailed right now, that, that, that what's going to happen is like heaven is almost right there at the edge of the stage and we're going to be like this. I'm, I'm, I'm almost there, Lord. I'm coming, Jesus. Please, I'm almost there, right? This is like, this is how it's going to be. And what I want to say to you is, is, is if you would just simply see that you have the authority over those things, that you literally could be walking and finishing the, the, the running the race that God has called you to. And you could be in like that stride. Yeah. Woo. You know, the kick at the end of the race. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You with me? That's what runners call it. The kick. 
It's like, you're, I'm almost there. And you're going to finish strong because you've decided that I'm not going to be detoured. I'm not going to get derailed. I'm not going to let my focus get dissipated by this rodeo clown. I'm going to stay on the path that God has called me to. And I'm going to finish strong. Come on. I'm preaching a little better than you're responding. Come on. You feel that? God is so good and he wants you to see this. And I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling for you. This is what I want for you. That you would stand up and say, you know what? I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God and I have a plan and a purpose God has given me and I'm going to fulfill it with my life. I'm not going to waste any more time on things that are unimportant and trivial. I'm going to continue to fight and fight and fight and build God's kingdom because he's worth it. Okay. I don't need to convince you anymore about being derailed, being not focused. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we, 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 that's the world we live in. Matter of fact, I mean, I hear people talk about it all the time. It's like, you know, I'm a really good multitasker. No, you're not. Like you think you are. You're like, wait a second, pastor. I really am. I mean, I can multitask. And I'm like, yeah, I know what that means. I get it. I know that means you think you can do a lot of things and be fully focused on all of those things. Let me teach you some science. All right. I know we don't do that in church sometimes, but I'm going to give you some science here is that we allow for that. The truth is science would tell us that that's not even possible. Like you are distracted whether you know it or not. You know, that's why like, you know, like when you're having a conversation with someone and they're and they're looking at the computer or whatever and you, it kind of annoys you. And, and it's not be, just because that they're not paying attention to you or whatever. It's, it, it has to do with the fact that you know that they're not fully engaged in what you're saying. Come on, spouses. I mean, some of you have had that experience. I mean, Gretchen could be talking to me sometimes and I'm watching something or I'm doing something and, and she'll be like, and what do you think? And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I don't, I have no idea what she just said. And honestly, we're to a point now, I just, I'm just honest. I'm like, baby, I didn't hear anything you just said. She's like, I know. (laughs) Help him, Lord. But we get so distracted by the things and and, and what happens is we just, we don't, we, 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 our focus is off and we're unable to give what we're supposed to give. And I just want to encourage you. Begin to think about the areas of your life you're distracted. How are you allowing distractions to come into the things that are most important to you? The relationships, the people, the job. I mean, where is it that you're being distracted? So I want to spend the rest of our time not talking about whether or not this is true, but really spend the rest of our time talking about staying focused. How do we do this? How do we make this real in our life? Because this is one thing I know is that if you aim at nothing, right, you'll hit it every time. That's just, it's true. I mean, if if you don't know what you're shooting at, if you don't know what you're trying to do, it's hard to then have a plan to do it and actually achieve it. So you have to know what you're aiming at. You have to know what you're shooting your arrows at. And so the first thing that we have to do if we ever want to stay focused is we have to discover our purpose. You have to know what your purpose is on this planet. Some of you know it and aren't doing anything with it. Some of you don't know it and I'm going to help you. 
All right? Because we're going to find out today exactly what your purpose is because God wants you to know. He's not hiding from you. He didn't put it under some rock and, and made a treasure map that you should then find and then go to on some spiritual hunt. No, no, it's all right there. It's very clear. Here it is. I'm going to give it to you. Is that good? I mean, you've you got to walk out of here today knowing what your purpose is. All right? Number one, and this is really important, this is a general for everybody. Everybody that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and says, I, I believe on him and he, he's my savior. I mean, he says to you, this is your general purpose. All right, here it is, is that you know Jesus and you make him known. That's it. It's not complicated. That's the path. Okay, that's the path. Now, now we make it complicated, don't we? That's why we have denominations and all kinds of religious groups. Because what we do is we say, well, that was the path, but, you know, you do this, and I don't like it. You do that, and I don't like it. And so we major in the minors, and we divide over things that are really not that important to God. We take non-essentials and make them essential. you got to see that. And all that is is a religious spirit. And I heard somebody say this the other day. He said, uh, Jesus... Jesus was talking to the religious leaders and the Pharisees were kind of the, the more liberals and the Sadducees were more conservative and Jesus condemned them both because of that religious stuff. And so I just want you to get it real clear. I need to know Jesus, all right? And I need to make him known in this world. That's what I need. That's what I need. Listen to this in Philippians 3.10. Uh, Paul is writing and he says it this way. He says, And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully. Isn't that good? He's like, I continually long for that in my life and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. Man, that's strong. He says, I will be one with him in his sufferings and I will be one with him in his death. You're like, Whoa, that's powerful. But see, see, Paul wasn't, Paul wasn't trying to get us to see. He's like, hey, y'all, this is like a new, uh, driving a new car or something. You know, he's like, hey, this isn't about you. This is about us knowing Jesus, who he is. Not just like I know stuff about Jesus. Not just like, hey, I could say this and I know that prayer and I can, I can say the Lord's prayer. I can do this. No, 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 no. It's about, do you know the one? The one that gave his life for you. Do you know the one that loved you so much that he went to a cross for you? Have you, have you looked on his eyes as he, as he died on the cross? Have you, have you come to grips with the fact that that God, that God-man Jesus died for you? He loves you that much. Have you been overwhelmed by knowing Jesus? Not just knowing about him, but knowing him. That's what I want for you. That's what God wants for you. That it wouldn't just be a, hey, I went to church today. You know, but it'd be, I, I know him. Man, I know him. <laughs> I, I don't know a lot of things, but I know that I know that I know that I know that I know him. So good. And then finally, the next part is, is, is not just that I would know him, but I would make him known. That's your job. That's what you're supposed to be doing. In Matthew 5, 14 through 16, listen to this. Jesus is speaking again and he says, you are the world's light. 
a city on a hill glowing in the night for all to see. Do not hide your light. Let, the, let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly Father. Do you see the purpose? It's not just that you get saved. It's not just that you know Jesus. It's that you want to make sure everybody else knows. And it's not because you're walking around judging everybody for their behaviors. That's just self-righteousness. That's just religious junk. And I'm not saying that we don't need to stand on things and say that's wrong, that's right. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're going to get a lot further with people when you say, hey, do you know the God that loves you? Do you know the God that loves you? Would you be that light in your workplace, at home, in school, wherever you are? Are you being that light? Are you being the one that people see and say, man, there's something about that person. There's something. And, and, and so it's this beautiful picture of just light overwhelming the darkness. Because see, darkness can't exist where light is. Wherever there's light, darkness flees. And so if you're the light in your office, if you're the light there, then you're going to see light coming from you. And, and, and so often we think we have to put a little hat on or we have to put a little lampshade on or we've got to cover it up and put our light in a box. And, and it's like, no, no, no. You were called to be a light to this world. And you know, here's the thing. It's not just that you're doing it. He says, because see, when you do it, it says that they will praise your heavenly Father. In other words, you're making him known. You're making Jesus attractive to people. And guess what? They want him. That's what it should be. People should not be repelled by Jesus. If they are repelled by Jesus, there's something wrong with the messenger. We have we gotten it wrong. Because it's good news last time I checked. It's good news. You hear me say this a lot, but it's good news, bad news, good news. Good news is you were created in the image of God. Bad news is sin. Good news is Jesus came to restore you back to good. You get that? He's restoring you back to what you were created to be. That's, that's the scriptures. That's what you've got to understand. So that's what you're bringing into people's life. But here's the thing. If you don't do it, what happens? People won't see. There are people in this world that you are uniquely designed, you are uniquely designed to influence towards Jesus. And if you're not doing it, that's not okay. So the general sense is I need to know Jesus and I need to make him known. Here's the specific one. Because you're like, what's that have to do with me? Well, if you don't get it, the general part, you know, you got to start there. But now you got to think, okay, I'm, I'm unique. I'm different. God made me. What, what do I have to give? Because, see, you've got to understand that God made you and wired you. And so there's something very specific about you that he wants to use for his glory. Are you still with me? And so it's important you see this. You were made and wired by God. Listen to this in Psalm 139. I love this. He says, he's, he's talking to God. The psalmist is talking to God. He says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Isn't that powerful? Like, you're not a mistake. You're not an accident. I don't care what your experience was. I don't care what your story was. The Bible says you were made purposefully. 
by God. And somebody today needs to hear that. You are going to be set free today because you think you're an accident. You think you're a mistake. God wants you to hear today that he made you. And he loves you just right where you are. But I love a God that isn't going to keep me there. He's not going to keep me there. He's got more for me. And then he goes on. He says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Isn't that good? So the next time you meet somebody that's really complex, that's a nice way of saying a pain. You need to say, God, God I thank you for that person. They're so complex. God bless you. You're so, I just, I love that you're so complex. So I'm about to save some of your marriages in Jesus' name. It's about to happen right here. Some of you guys are like, why is my wife like this? Like, why is she so complex? Why? I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why. Why can't you just tell me what you think? Right? I mean, come on, guys. I'm helping you today in Jesus' name. Just, just tell me what you think, baby. Just tell me. I, I'll do it. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. Just tell me. No, I just want you to know. Oh. They're so complex. I think the complexities of people are there to grow us. Like the complexities of people are there to grow us. Because, see, we're the one with the problem. And, and, and now, now, the same is true on the converse. I mean, you know, but I'm just saying that you have to see those as opportunities. Anybody that annoys you, that's an opportunity for you to grow. Not just to get mad. You know, getting mad, that ain't, that ain't going to help you. But you ask God, God, help me. Show me what's there. How can I get better? See, your workmanship is marvelous. And he says, how well do I know it? I just, I just love it. I love that, that you've made me this way. I love that your workmanship is marvelous. But then watch this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. This is really powerful. He says, for we are God's workmanship. Uh, some translations say God's masterpiece. Did you know that? Did you know you were God's masterpiece? Now, we rarely use that word, like especially in modern day, we rarely use the word masterpiece. I think I feel like every time I hear the word masterpiece, it's usually related to like some kind of Renaissance painting. You know what I'm talking about? Like that's a masterpiece, you know? They, they don't say that about Warhols, you know? I'm not saying the guy wasn't good. I'm just saying they don't say that usually. It's a masterpiece. And that's what God says about you. Isn't that crazy? Like you go and look at the Sistine Chapel. You're like, wow, that's pretty. That's a masterpiece. And God says, you're like that. Come on. Some of you get you're getting some encouragement today. You need that. A masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to look. Look at this. To do good works, which God has prepared in advance for you and me to do. Your life is purposeful. It is laid out by a God who loves you, made you, and knows what's best for you. It is purposeful. It's very general and it's very specific. Because I need and you need, all of us need, we need to be able to discover, discover our design so that we can fulfill the destiny that God has for us. We need to discover our design so that we can fulfill the destiny that God has. I got to know my wiring. 
I got to know how I'm created. And I want to give you just three questions to help you today as you begin to think about this. And so write these questions down, and I think they'll help you as you begin to explore what those specific things are. Number one, uh, or A, sorry, A is what am I passionate about? What am I passionate about? I don't know what it is that makes you angry. What is it that, 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 and I'm not talking about where you get angry and you just like, you like go scorched earth on everybody around you. Like, I'm not talking about that. That's, that's sin. So you want to call it what it is. But what are things that, 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 that there's like almost like this holy, righteous kind of anger that comes up in you? Like when you see certain things in the world, certain injustices, certain things, you're like, you're like I want to do something about that. You know what I'm talking about? Like you just, there's something in you. So you have to figure out what you're most passionate about and begin to move towards those things. Because it's true that God's put those passions in you to help you. He wants you to see what it is that you're supposed to be doing. So what is it that you're most passionate about and, and begin to move towards those things? Does that make sense? And so you have to be passionate about it. And so that helps you understand what maybe your wiring is like. Uh, number two, number two is what kind of personality did God give me? Do you know your personality? Like, and I'm not just talking about like, are you an introvert or extrovert? I think those are very important things. I mean, you may not know. Maybe you've never even taken a personality test. So you, you're like, I don't really know, you know. So I like to talk about it like as animals. And, and I think this is helpful to people. And so, so you, usually I describe like a lion. You, you know what a lion does, right? They, they dominate everything. I mean, that's what they do. They, they're strong. They're leader types. They, they tend to direct. They tend to be like entrepreneurial. I mean, they're just, they're just strong. That may be your personality. And so you might be a lion. Well, God wants to use that for his kingdom. Now, some of us, you might be an otter. Now, if you've ever seen an otter, otters like to play. Yeah, they like to have a good time. They're the people you want at the party. They're the people that you want on the road trip. You know, they're the ones that are going to help it be fun. They're spontaneous. They're fun. They're playful. They tend to be really good encouragers, cheerleaders, getting, I mean, that's just who they are. And so otters are just, just very much that way. And so maybe that's you. That, my friends, God can use. The next one is golden retriever. You ever seen golden? I mean, goldens are like these lovable dogs, and some of you even have them, and they're just, they're just lovers, and they're just good dogs, and, and, and they just love to be around people. And I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And, and there's something about the goldens. And matter of fact, 69% of, the, of, uh, of any given group or any congregation is, about, is, a, is a golden retriever. 69%. That's true. And so you're like, wow. That's, so that's probably a lot of you. And God wants to use that. The, the, the last one is the beaver. The beaver. Now, beavers sometimes, you know, they build dams and like they log up our rivers and, you know, but, but in general, they're good. You know, and the reason they're good is because they know how to build stuff. We need people in the church that know how to build stuff, don't we? And so maybe you're that kind of person that you know how to build stuff. And you can begin to bring that into the kingdom. So I don't know what your personality is, but learn to discover it. Matter of fact, we want to help you do that. We want to help you figure out what that is so that God can get you moving towards the things that God wants you to begin to move towards. And then finally, the third one is what are my gifts? 
Now, I'm not just talking about like gifts that you believe, and usually we refer to these as talents. I'm talking about spiritual gifts. Now, what are those? Well, spiritual gifts are things that are given to you when you say to God uh, or to Jesus, Jesus, I love you. I want to know you. Will you be savior of my life? What, what happens is there's a great exchange, not only salvation, but God also gives you some gifts. He gives you some spiritual gifts that are then going to help you. They're going to help you begin to build his kingdom. Does that make sense? And if you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, we want to help you figure that out. And so I want to encourage you, there's something around here called Elevate. Elevate is a three-week process that we've designed. It's at the 11 o'clock service, uh, and, and you, can, you can find out more on the app. You can go online. But basically, it's designed to help accelerate your spiritual next steps. And one of the things that we do in there is help you understand your gifting. And I'm telling you, if you don't know what that step is, we want to help you. If you've been at Elevation a long time, you've been at Elevation for, 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 for just a little bit of time, this class will help you. And I just simply ask people this question. Do you know what your next spiritual next step is? And if you don't, we'll figure it out. Let's go. Let's get on it. And God will begin to meet you there, and you'll see some major things happen. Okay, so that's all about discovering purpose and in terms of staying focused. And then finally, I'll end with this, and we'll be done. Number two is that we have to focus on your purpose. You've discovered your purpose. Now you've got to focus on it. You've got to make sure you stay 100% laser beam focused. Here it is. And I love this quote from John Maxwell. He says it this way. Focus does not come naturally to us. Right? He says, yet it is essential for anyone who, makes, who wants to make the most of his or her talent. Having talent without focus is like being an octopus on roller skates. Get that image. Get it. Come on, grab hold of it. There's an octopus with roller skates on. That's funny. He says, you can be sure that there will be plenty of movement, but you won't know what direction it will be. Right? Get that image. Because that's how some of us look right now. We're, we're just all over the place. And I'm just trying to help you. Know your purpose and focus on it. Know your purpose, focus on it. And you will begin to see God do some amazing things in your life. I'm telling you. And so how do we do that? How do we focus? Number, uh, the first one is this, is identify and remove distractions. Identify and remove distractions. I just asked you this question. Come on, guys, here it is. Here's your question for today. You take it home, think about it. What is distracting you right now? What is it? What are you obsessing about? What's keeping you up at night? What are you distracted by right now that's keeping you from fulfilling God's purpose, his general and specific purpose for your life? What is it? Is it a relationship? I see that happen all the time. You know, we so long to be in relationships with one another. And because of that, we sometimes make bad decisions and choices, you know. And then we get distracted. I mean, before we were, I mean, we were spot on, man. We were loving God with our life. We were moving in the right direction. And then somebody shows up that smells good. The next thing you know, you're over here. I mean, we trade in our birthright. Simply because of a relationship. We shouldn't be that fickle. We shouldn't because... 
Jesus loves you. He wants that relationship. So sometimes it's media, which I've already bagged out media for a little while, so I'm not going to pick on it too much. But I mean, seriously, I, 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 you know, you ever gone to the new, like in restaurants now, this is what you see? Like you'd be sitting there eating dinner and you look over and the whole family like on their phone. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you are like, oh, oh, that's not me. Right? I mean, we just, we got our nose stuck in that. We got a rule at our house when we eat a house. You can't bring your, any technology that, to the table. Like, that's illegal. You'll get called on it, too. Because, you know, it's like we say, that, we say that we're so focused on our family, you know? And, and what I'll, I'll see this a lot where moms or dads will be on their phone and their kids are talking to them. Hey, Dad, let me tell you about this. And you're like, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I love you. Man, praise God for that. And, uh, you, and the kid's like, can you look at me? Like, if they could say it, they probably would say it, but then they'd get in trouble. You'd be like, oh, I am busy right now. I am doing my job. Is this getting too personal? I feel like some of you are getting mad. I, I don't know. Come on. Say, come on. Pastor loves you. I'm helping you people today. Here's the other one. Limiting speech. Like, we limit ourselves by the speech that we have. I'm never going to be able to. I can't. Yeah. We say these things. And yet, you serve a God who is more powerful than anything in this world. There is nothing too big or more strong than your God. And so why would you speak things over your life that simply limit you from being all that God wants you to be? Just don't do it. Start saying the things that are true about you. I'm a child of God. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I'm healed. I'm saved. I'm delivered. Whatever it is, you just say, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And anybody else that wants to say you're limited, say, no, that is not what the word of God says. I'm not limited. I'm a child of God. That, some, that is going to help some of you today. That is my happy dance. Sometimes the things that distract us are the hurts, habits, hang-ups, things that get in our lives, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. These kinds of things get hold of us and we can't see. We get so angry sometimes we can't even see God anymore. We get so bitter. We let, we let things get in our hearts that, that lead to unforgiveness and, 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 and the enemy just starts to dance the rodeo clown just starts to dance because we've allowed that to happen. We've allowed it. God wants to help us. And then finally, I'll say this one. It's shame. Shame gets a hold of us. Shame is a very powerful thing, and it distracts us from what God wants. Shame is one of those things that it doesn't even have to be something you did. It could be that something somebody else did or something you were associated with. Whatever it is, you start to feel that shame and then the devil just keeps pushing. And the devil will always overpromise and underdeliver. He's always going to do that. And so everything he's throwing at you, he's doing it to steal, kill, and destroy. All right, so we got to identify we got to remove, but, but, but then the next one is we've got to think deeply. I love this quote. Listen to this. To, to be able to concentrate for a considerable time is essential to difficult achievement. 
Guys, I found that some of us can't even, like we can't even sit there for five minutes without getting on our phone. We're like rodents. Help us. Like, you ever done this? I do this all the time. So, so we're all in the same boat, but I'm going to just help you. Like, I literally, you ever do this? Like, you put your phone down because you know you're not supposed to be on it on your phone, like when you're driving, right? You're not supposed to be on your phone when you're driving. If you are, you shouldn't do that. It's bad. It's going to kill somebody or kill you, right? Right? Okay. So, but what I've found is sometimes I just started noticing it. You get to the red light, okay? Red light comes. You pick the phone up. Red light goes green, put it down. Go to the next. Whenever the red light shows up, pick the phone up. Have you ever done that? I just was sitting there like, they've trained me. I really am a rat in a cage. Like I'm sitting, it was just, it was just blowing my mind. And that's what happens sometimes is we get so distracted. We can't even focus for five minutes. No wonder we can't pray. No wonder we can't spend any time alone or prayer. I mean, it's just, it's hard. Everything's working against you. The enemy is trying to convince you. And so this is what I'm going to get you. I want you to practice this. And if you can't do it every week, do it every other week. Find 20 minutes where you can sit in a chair, a comfy chair, okay? Nothing on, no phones, no nothing. And just sit and listen. right it's and i'm telling you you will experience some things you haven't experienced in a long time i bet you'll start to hear god differently how about, how about this you'll you'll discover some ideas that you didn't even know were there god will give you some ideas some of you have some really great ideas but you can't get to them because you're distracted. And God has anointed you for those ideas. And the church needs those ideas. But we got to get quiet. And you're like, I can't, my kids, they're loud. Go to the library. Ah, this is good. This is funny. I went to the library here, the new one here in town. Have you been to this? So in the library, they have a quiet room. Isn't that funny? Come on, guys, that's funny. The library is quiet, but they have a whole room called the quiet room. That's where you can go. It's just quiet. No one, I guess, can talk in there. They can't have kids or something. I don't know, but go there and just, just see what the God, just see what God will say to you. Isn't that good? We just, we just got to think deeply. We got to allow ourselves to go there. No, the, uh, C is, the next one is C is set some goals. If you have no goals, how do you know you're hitting anything? How do you know you're achieving anything? And you're like, Pastor, I don't set goals. Well, just try three. Three. Just do three for the week. Just do three. Three goals that you want to accomplish. And just make sure that they're very specific type of goals. Very specific type of goals that you can, you know, not like, hey, I'm going to work on world peace. <laughs> you know, like that's, it's hard to measure. Right? Isn't that hard to measure? So, so find something that's more specific, something that you can cross off your list when it's done. It's very clear, okay? Very specific, very measurable. Because I love this. I, I love this way this author wrote it. He says, if you can't write your idea on the back of a business card, you don't have a clear idea. Isn't that good? 
So what is that thing? What is it that you need to write down that's very specific so that you can work on it? And here's what happens. Like you have three goals this week, right? Whatever those three goals are. If you get them done, you bank that energy. Like what happens is you start to feel like a winner. You're like, ha, I did three. And then you just bank it and you build on it. See what I'm getting at? You start to build on that momentum. You start to build on that focus. You start to build on that purposeful living and you start to achieve the things that God wants you to achieve. And then finally, question your process. If you're not achieving it, find out why. If you're not achieving your goals, try to look and see. And here's the best question you can ask is, how am I being distracted? How am I being distracted? How is the rodeo clown stealing all that God wants me to have? Where is it? Where are you at, rodeo clown? Huh? See how this is going to help you? All right. I'm almost done. I promise. I've said it like four times, haven't I? It's the trick of the preacher. So here's my last word. Focus can be a bad thing too. Let me explain that. When we get so focused on ourselves, when we get so focused on ourselves, we stop seeing what God is doing in the world. When we get so focused on ourselves, we stop seeing where God wants us to minister to people. When we get so focused on our needs and our wants and all that, we stop seeing the needs of the world. And so I just want to encourage you today that as you begin to get more focused in your life, I believe God is going to bring some success into your life that maybe you've never experienced. But I can tell you this, you never want to get to the end of your life having gained the entire world, having had all kinds of success because you knew how to do the goals, right? And get to the end of your life and realize that you had lost your focus on people, that you had lost your focus on the reason we're here. Because see, there's only one thing that will last in this world, and it isn't shiny things. It's people. People are the only eternal beings. And someday we'll spend eternity with God or away from Him. And our job as believers is not just to know who we are, but to make sure we get as many of God's kids home as we possibly can. That, my friends, is success. That's success. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for each person in this room. I thank you for their willingness to listen to what I had to say. I pray, Lord, that that anything that wasn't from you would just kind of leave, and everything that was from you would just begin to be downloaded into everybody's heart. God, I want so much for our church to see the distractions and live purposeful lives for you. I believe in faith right now that there are people in this room that are identifying distractions in their life. And I just want to pray for you. If that's you, if you're just in a place where it's like, man, I have so many distractions right now, I want to be able to pray for you. And so here I go. God, I thank you for each person here that's really wrestling with this. They're, They're willing to say, God, I've got some. Here they are. And I just want to encourage you right now. I just want to encourage you. God is receiving you. He's hearing you, and I promise you he's going to help you. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the power of God would be released into your situation, that you would see clearly, that you would be able to focus again, and that you would begin to live out the purpose that God has put you on this planet for. I thank you in advance, God. 
for what you're doing right now in the hearts of people. Earlier in the message, I talked about the gospel. I talked about Jesus coming into this world and going to a cross and dying a brutal death and beating death through his resurrection, beating sin, creating a bridge back to God for you. And I I don't know if you've experienced that in your life. I don't know if you've ever taken that step, but I I at least want to give you that opportunity. And so right now, I'm just going to ask you in just a moment, I'm going to count to three, and I'd love for you just to raise your hand if that's you. You raising your hand is just simply a statement of faith and saying, you know what, I'm in. I want to be in. And I want to be able to pray a prayer with you. I'm not going to point you out or have you come down front or anything like that, but I do want to give you this opportunity. And so right now, be bold. Right now, on the count of three, just lift your hand up so that I might be able to see it. One, two, three. Go ahead. God bless you. Good job, sir. Good. God bless you. Good. 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 Anybody else? Don't wait. Today's your day. Anybody? Okay. All right, guys, we had some people raising their hands. And, and so, so church, we're all going to pray together. Nobody's praying alone in here. And so if you raised your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. But we're all going to pray together. So here it is. God, I need you. Will you forgive me of my sins? Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I surrender to you today. Change me from the inside out. Show me my purpose. Show me my identity. And I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? Yeah!